time for Auntie's getting your business. Auntie's getting your business. Auntie's getting your business. Oh, Auntie's getting your business. Auntie's getting your business. Auntie's getting your business. Can I just say something here? I was just getting to the point where it was not infuriating me as much that auntie's getting your business thing. But you don't need to do the admins. Just keep I it do. clean. No, I do, because keep it's it an evolution of song. It's nah, a remix. Like if it was just one 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 round of it. That's it. Don't, that's don't, don't dim my I light. Can, I think we can you hear that. Compromise. I'm not Megan and Harry. I will not dim my light for any of you. Auntie. <laughs> She was in white. There was no light dimming. Did you see her sachet through the... <laughs> Did you see the meme? Listen, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was grinning at everybody. Like, like, there was no dimming of lights there. Like, Megan, well, like, well, like, Megan, I ain't dimming my light. Anyway, we're <laughs> welcoming the wonderful Ms. Vanessa. So actually, let me start. Okay, my young lady, please introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Oh, thanks for having me. My name is Vanessa Sanyauke and I do a number of things. I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Girls Talk London. So we're all about empowering women. We partner with businesses to help women level up in their careers. And I also am a podcaster. I have a podcast called the After Work Drinks Club, interviewing like business um, owners and professionals. And I've spent over 15 years in diversity and inclusion. So my background's working in corporate and trying to do my best to make it more um, diverse and inclusive. So that's me. How would you describe your life right now at this very moment in one word or a sentence? Madness. Okay. <laughs> it's absolute madness. With There's a lot going on. So today we just announced that we've opened up an office in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, and that was that for us. Yeah, so it's been quite a lot. We're growing our team right now, and there's just lots happening. So it's madness, but it's a very beautiful madness. I'm really grateful for it. Wicked. That's great. So can you tell us about why you started Girls Talk London? What made you do it? I, so I started Girls Talk London, I, it, it was a side hustle. So I started it in 2013 when I was working in the financial services. And it was really because one, I never saw women in senior roles. And I used to do a lot of work with young people in the community. And I just saw a lot of women and young girls just opting out of careers and banking. And I just thought, you know what, this is a really big issue because women are opting out of careers that are gonna make them lots of money that could change their lives. And so I, I started it originally, the name Girls Talk was I just brought some women that I knew that worked in the city to talk to secondary school girls about their careers. And so it, it started out as a quarterly event. And then we just grew and grew to do like more work with a lot of companies to help them get more women through the doors. And so that's how it all began. Thank you. Okay, so focusing on women in business, as we are all business owners as well, what are some tips that you can offer women in business that we could use to improve and also compete with our male counterparts? You know what, I, the biggest lesson that I've learned, and it's been a painful one, is around my pricing. I mm. did not charge properly. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah. the challenge I had now is having to tell my clients, actually, you've been having me for cheap for the past couple of years. <laughs> and they're like, how come you're like quadrupling the price? And it's no, because I severely undercharged my services, like severely. Oh. 
when I and I had one of my friends who's in business as well he helped he just looked at my prices and he was like this is shocking he was a man and he was like this is just shocking and you know really bad like you are severely undercharging if it wasn't for him I wouldn't have realized so I think my advice would be to speak to if you're having a business if you're running a business try and speak to other people who are doing the same business as yours even if they are your competition start speaking to your competition and start trading notes and seeing especially what men like male-led companies are charging to benchmark yourself because I didn't do that I just thought what was what was right or what I felt I deserved and I was so wrong so my number one tip is to make sure that you get your prices um right from the very as early on as possible Mm. yeah super important thank you very good tip so you my dear have been recognized as an influential woman in business spaces for quite a while and obviously that's a huge honor but when you was growing up when you was younger who for you was the influential person I was obsessed with Oprah oh yeah like absolutely obsessed with her and I remember watching her show, I was eight years old and I'd never seen a black woman on TV holding a microphone and being in charge. I had never seen it. And so for me, that was like my inspiration, just seeing a black woman having her own show, being in charge, and then just following her career as I grew up and seeing how successful she was. That was a really big inspiration for me. It just showed me that it was just having that visible role model like a really good positive role model at such a young age was really it showed me that literally I could achieve what I wanted to what what I wanted in life yeah um, from a very um, young age so that was really who I admired growing up and what was you like when you was younger what would you say I always got the same thing on my school report Vanessa's a really lovely child really conscientious was one of those key you know buzzwords but she talks too much she's a distraction (laughs) she chat too much she needs to stop talking because it's not going to get her anywhere. <laughs> and that was my feedback. And it's quite funny now that I do a lot of public speaking and have a podcast and mm-hmm. I talk a lot in my job. But that was my one thing. I was just, I was always chatty. I could not stop talking. And I was really annoying. As a child, I was always in adults' business. I was always in adult conversation. I thought I was too grown. And yeah, that was what I was like as a kid. Fingers up to your teachers that said talking a lot is not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, I'm like, okay, honey, let's, let, look at me now. Um, Definitely. We'll bring it back to business. Your work takes you into the DNI diversity inclusion space. I'm super cynical of the power or lack thereof of people who work in DNI. How have you found it navigating these spaces? And do you not think that if businesses and industries wanted to change, they can do? And DNI departments are just posters to appear like they care. I am very cynical about yeah. DNI. And I, I am too, and I work in the space. Yeah. And I think I that's why I had to come out. So I'm more because I've worked in the in in-house for such a long time. I got exhausted last year and I thought, you know what, I'm tapping out. You can ask me for advice. I can try and work with you, but working in-house, it is a nightmare. And I think you're right in terms of I think with companies, they are a lot of them, they want the quick fix, right? The tick box, the, the black squares and the, oh yes, we've signed up to this program and oh yes, we're sponsoring this program. And when you try to, when you try now work with them and say, oh, where's the data? So what are you actually doing to recruit more black people into your company? And then what are you doing to progress them? That's when things get silent. That's when it goes to, oh no, we haven't got the budget. And 
that and they don't want to invest in it. They want everything for cheap. They want a, to to run DNI programs, but pay fifty p for them. They don't want to invest in them, and that's where a lot of DNI professionals yeah. get stuck. So I remember. I was head of DNI at a law firm and my budget was just really like shit basically mm-hmm. and I couldn't do anything. And then when we had the pandemic, the partners came for my budget, of course, because it was like, oh, you just do that DNI thing and, and CSR and, and it's just and that can just go. And literally they cut my budget. Cut my budget. And then I ended up actually leaving there and going to work somewhere else. But before then, they were actually gonna, I think they were gonna basically furlough me as well, because they thought wow. you're just just absolutely like shit. DNI is just a waste of space. So I've seen it like in-house in how a lot of companies they want to have all the kind of glitz and glamour about saying that they're doing something, but don't want to invest. And so I'm very like, because I, I work a lot now in consultation, so I guess I'm on the outside. And I'm like, if you're not going to invest in it, don't come and work with me because I'm just not about doing something just so that you can tick boxes, really invest like your time. And it's also about resources as well. I think people forget that you have because when I was working in-house in DNI, for example, so I worked for a global bank. We had 70,000 employees and there were three specialists and we were in 70 countries. Wow. And it was like, wow. So they didn't, but yeah, there were other departments that had 20 people. Wow. Yeah, three. And then it was like, and we were all burnt out. And we're all like, I think most of us have left now because it was like, are you actually serious about it? There's three of us and you expect us to do all this work. So I hear you on that. There's such a long way to go. So, okay. So sorry, just on the back of that, if there is such a long way to go, what are some, what, because there are, I know a lot of people, black people who are in DNI roles and either are jaded or are entering into it with like hopeful vim hopefully that their their light isn't get doesn't get dull as we've been talking about so what are the either recognizable signs that this cut the company's about it or what things should dni person push forward for not take no for an answer on to really help you i know it might be a bit of a big question but are there any tips or insight i would say a lot of people now i'm seeing think dni is a sexy i can be famous i can have my name you know associated with some kind of really cool thing for me, I just I know that my purpose is DNI and it's not a fun job. I wouldn't say it's a fun job. I wouldn't say if you want to have a good time, do DNI. It is not. It is so taxing and it is so tiring and it's and it's exhausting. So unless you are literally see it as your vocation, don't do DNI. Go and become a banker or an engineer. So I would say what you have to look out for is one budget. So I coach a lot of professionals who want to get into DNI and I say in your interview, the first question you should ask is what is the budget? and make sure it is like substantial for the size of the organization, look at what their profits were per year and make sure you can actually do something with it. So I think that's really key. And I think also it's how bought in is the CEO. So I feel that when DNI reports to like HR, it's just really flimsy and nothing really gets done. So I feel like if a company is really about DNI, that function would report directly to the CEO. Sorry, someone said, oh, what, DNI, DNI, sorry, DNI, diversity and inclusion. If, if it reports to the CEO, then I think that's really, it shows that company is taking it really serious because it's at that senior board level and the CEO is taking ownership. So I'd say those few things um, as well are really important. Otherwise, if you don't have the budget and you don't have this backing and the like ear of the CEO, nothing will change at all. So I would just say those two things. That makes total sense. 
Sorry. I, I have an additional question to that just popped in my mind. I've always wanted to ask somebody about this. Most people that I know that work in diversity and inclusion are black. Yeah. And it's always struck me like, why is it? And it's usually black women. Why is this like black labor? And should there not be white people on the team fostering it? Because usually you're working against some form of white pathology or within their white supremacy. This generally, mm. and it's always like, why is it black people doing it? If you have any, yeah. I always wanted to ask somebody that. Yeah, because just white. aside to what Nana said, we had a discussion previously and we were saying that if it's going to work, maybe at the top of it should be like an Anglo-Saxon middle-aged man. <laughs> well, this, is, this is why I said the CEO. So that most yeah, of the yeah, CEOs right. are white men. So if you have a white man backing you, you're good to go. So that's why I think it's important for the, it to report to the, C, to the CEO. But I would say a lot of DNI heads are not just black, black women, but they are people from marginalised communities. So in not yeah. my space, a lot of my colleagues are white gay males, for example, um, or maybe Asian women, Yes, you know, disabled um, individuals. So yeah. those that really are part of those communities, and you're right. So it's just one of those things. I think because we're truly passionate about it, because we understand firsthand the experiences. And I don't think, I think it works better because at least you really know firsthand what the barriers, what barriers are faced. So I feel like I don't necessarily want like lots of straight white men working in DNI. I just want them to cut the check, yeah. <laughs> stop misbehaving. And let us through. That's, I think, that's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up something really interesting earlier on when you said when you started your business, you were undervaluing your fee. And I think as women in business, whether you have your own company and you're charging stuff or whether you're going for roles and you're asking for salaries, we always have issues with asking for the right amount. You'll get a man and a man will be like, I want a hundred thousand pounds. But a woman will be like, maybe you could give me 50. Maybe. I know. Do you have like, time? Yeah. What What are the things that you? How would you? What would you suggest to women in order to help us get past that? Oh my god! So I coach women on this negotiating pay, and I'm literally almost having to bully women to go through it. And I think the important thing is you have to make, do your research. So really find out, like in terms of your industry, what is the kind of highest salary and what is the kind of average salary. And I always say go in at least two thirds than than what you want. So even ask for double with what you want because then they'll come down so I always I always say think about what the average salary is if the average salary so for example is maybe like 60k ask for 100 and and then they will come down to maybe 70 or 80k and I think it's all about understanding what your worth is as well so really getting clear on what value you bring to the company so if you've got qualifications if you've got experience and so actually I want this because this is the experience that I bring. And you're right, white, a white male, a straight white male friend of mine, he was at the time, he was working as a head of d in another law firm, coached me in my negotiations. And so it's, it's crazy. He was like, this is how I think as a white man. Like, I just go in there and I just ask and I don't care. And I behave like him and literally I got what I wanted. So I think we need to start thinking like straight white men. They don't care. They will ask for a ridiculous, even... Some of them will ask for like £150,000 and maybe the advertised salary is fifty. They don't care because they're like, we feel guilty. And they're not going to say no. I always say, leave the negotiations until after you've been given the offer. Because nobody wants to now go back into the, the pool and do interviews again and put the job advert out. So if they've offered you the role, 
just ask for a ridiculous number and then the most they'll say is look we can try and come down i think it's better than having to try and negotiate up um it's easier to negotiate down so that's what i always say yeah thank you brilliant advice thank you that that was great and you, you do a lot so i'm thinking like because you're juggling so much how do you center yourself like where do you find peace and i think that's so important especially as you coach people as well like how do you gather yourself together you know what i, I have to say it's i'm a work in progress so there are some weeks where it's going well and there are some weeks where it's not but what i try and do is have at least sundays it's like my kind of we regroup and wellness so i make sure that i have like at least one day for myself but what i've really got into recently is my morning routine and being really strict in that and, and having it as a ritual. So I wake up, I will light candles or aromatherapy, I journal, I pray, listen to music, have my coffee, just do things that bring me joy and mm. make sure I do that like, every morning. So one thing I'm good at is, is my morning routine and that helps center me as well. And also it's quite, my friend actually told me this really weird thing. When she's having a really shit week, she has a bath in the middle of the day and I tried that recently and that is the one, like bath, the, the oils, everything. When you're having like a bit, if you're working from home, she was like, just have a bath in the middle of the day and actually work. So I just try and find little, like little quirky things like that to try and just yeah, get back to myself. But it is hard. You, you can't get it right. Um, but I think trying to have some kind of routine is really important. That speaks to me. Yeah. Eat a bath, salt bath. <laughs> Yeah, Epsom salt, yes, just giving all them toxins and bad vibes. Like having people laugh at you and snigger at you because oh you've come in with a different wig 
or I'd maybe wear like a skirt that was maybe like a vinyl or some kind of being tr- trying to be trendy and I think that was always quite tough I, I'd had sort of those barriers being a black woman and you're trying to maybe just change up your, your, your weave and um, here and now and then and people looking at you funny and I've also had again in the corporate space being looked down upon by wearing braids I remember I didn't get I had this interview once and I thought to myself should I have my braids down or should I put it up and I thought let me put my braids down but I thought the woman won't like me because I've got my braids down and I got feedback about oh there's just something that they're not really sure about you and your fit and I was like I knew it so I've had those barriers about if you have your braids down Mm. I thought I bet she'll think I'm like if I had them up so it's all those barriers I've experienced sadly and so I think we've got a bit better but there is still that stigma about braids cornrows about I remember I used to work at parliament and we had dressed down Fridays and I I wore jeans with little slits in the middle and I got pulled pulled to the side like there's been complaints from some some people here your jeans really messy <laughs> you know more than that you were messy is because some wow freaking dirty old man couldn't contain him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <That's laughs> sexually aroused by me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've had that and I was like, but my oh, jeans no. were like there was literally like you know like the ripped jeans, but just yeah. at the at the knees. Just a little bit yeah. of a rip. And so I didn't think we have dressed down Fridays because Parliament is um in recess. Mm. And I got complaints, but you just you know, from MPs and it's people. It's down Friday. You should be able to come in in hot pants and a bra if you want. Exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm the mess, but you MPs are doing anyway. Let's not yeah. go after, after you've got a torture room in the dungeons. Exactly. <laughs> after you're doing all your madness, yeah. um, I was the mess. So I've, I've really had a really, I guess I would call it traumatic journey in terms of just like me being comfortable and being who I am. Even like I said to you today, I was debating what do I wear mm. because I'm meeting someone. So it's never ending. Yeah, never ending. Right. Okay. Wow. Um, wow. What's the end goal for you? What will What will it take to be like, yep, I've done what I came to do. Sayonara. Yeah. I'm about to change because I'm, I'm not seeing it. So once things, are, I can see some significant change in the work that I'm doing that's when I feel like you know what I can now just take a step back you know have my kids and my family but I think for me success as I've gotten older it's not necessarily about like material things I want I definitely want to have a family I want to leave a legacy in terms of like humans and so that's like when I feel like yeah like I've been successful when I've got my kind of legacy and my kids and my family that's a big like goal for me. Ha ha, you're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha, you're on mute. I was like, you thought you were singing, that's why. I actually wasn't singing. I was actually saying thank you, that was wonderful. And now it's oh, the time you're at the party and you and your favourite aunties have surrounded you in the kitchen mm-hmm. and they're about to get deeper into your business. This is the quick fire for you. We're going to get all <laughs> Thing. you can't lie to us so you've got to tell us everything oh, I'm, 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 I, I feel very much at home so yes I'm, okay. I'm ready I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna get my best auntie on <laughs> Vanessa yes you was one <laughs> 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 
No, but seriously, like, what's your relationship status? Ah, you... uh, just oh. over it. I just, uh, that, for me, I don't know. <laughs> there's not enough time, aunties, to, to, to deal with me. I think my own, like, blood aunties, they're thin with me. They are thin oh, with wow. me. It's one of the areas where business is great, but my love life has been a disaster. But, oh. so, I'm single right now. I don't have kids. I really do want kids, but I'm single right now. And I am like ready to date. But I think because I did this thing last year where I had therapy like every week for a year. And that really helped me think about the choices that I've made in the past. And so I feel like I've done the inner work now myself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now I can make better choices. But the issue I have, aunties, is where the heck are the men? Please. Like, we where are they? And I'm, I'm talking about in real life. Yeah, IRL, yeah. not URL on, online. Hi, <laughs> where are the men in real life? They don't talk to yeah. me. I don't see yeah. them. How? Auntie <laughs> Nana's holding them all hostage because yeah. she knows there's a bag of them out there. <laughs> Listen, this is the part where the aunties take a deep gulp of their drinks and say, moving on. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So, how many kids do you actually want, though? Let's create the scenario to put it into the ether so that the universe gives you what you're after. How many children do you want? I think I'm getting to the point where I, I really wanted four, but I think age-wise, if I have two, I'd be happy. Okay, we yeah. want two children. What, yeah. What's the I ideal setup? Three girl, boys, girls, what are you after? Three girls, one boy. Ooh, I'm a girl's cool. girl. I just, I just want one boy, three girls. Listen, this is, we're getting the universe to do it. <laughs> Let's throw, okay, let's throw in your ideal man. Let's throw that in. And the man, what type of man do you want? Oh, do you know what? And, and I don't mean missing disrespect, but I used to go for personality. Those days are over. I really want a really good-looking man. Yes. I think I deserve it. Like, I want him to be gorgeous. Tall. Just tall. Fit. And, I, and, yeah, tall, fit, like, ooh, sexy. And and just that so looks wise, I really want a fit man. But then looks wise, give us a celebrity or someone. What's your type? I love and see Joshua. I also have my celebrity crush is Woody McCain. He plays Kane in Power. Oh my Power god! Two. I know, uh, yeah, okay. okay. He is fine. Like I am oh, in love with him. him. Yeah. Okay. So he's, Woody McCain. I'm telling you, he was in. Man. He was in. Um, the, he played Bobby Brown. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 Okay. You want to be able to snuggle in his armpit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 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 Like, Anthony Joshua, Bill, tall. Yeah. He's got a, and his personality, by the way. No, yeah, character-wise, I want him to be, like, very ambitious. So, like, someone that's got a few things going, that is very entrepreneurial, okay. family-orientated, and also okay. secure. Mm -hmm. I need a secure mm -hmm. man that is secure in himself, Mm -hmm. And doesn't mind like a little bit of an alpha female. Yes. Don't watch. Are Duncan. you prepared to submit? No. Submit an invoice. Are you submitting? I'm like submit an invoice. I'm submitting out to the universe so that the universe can send the. Do you know what? 
I I would if I was to get married I think you should submit to each other and I think if you feel like Mm -hmm. if you respect your husband and he respects you you both submit to each other I'm not going to submit to someone who's my boyfriend and Mm -hmm. who I don't respect so if it's the right man I would submit compromises yeah I I, I love this we're getting very specific this is great the universe is like and if it happens you got invited to the wedding well, of course, of course. Of course. invite <laughs> to the wedding and then hopefully this magical human being is going to have magical brothers like, <laughs> that's the plan the magical brothers that want a magical man <laughs> that's the plan it asks, yeah magically so talking about aunties and stuff what kind of auntie are you and if you're not an auntie already, what kind of auntie would you be? I'm an auntie to lots of lovely nieces and nephews. And I'm kind of like the single fly auntie. So mm-hmm. I just come in, <laughs> I drink, yes. I, you know, I'm not cooking yeah. in the kitchen. I'm just hanging out, looking fly. Yeah. And then I go to my apartment and live my best life. So that's like the auntie yeah. that I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, it's, that's, we're, we're getting closer, yeah. Listen, tell us your favourite auntie, something you haven't told your mum or your dad. Basically, tell us a secret that you haven't told anybody. We want to know now. Oh, my God, a secret? Yes, niece. I don't actually think my mum knows this. And I and it's so funny, because I'm sure she might have guessed. I used to sneak out when I was a teenager. Oh, wow. But we've never had this conversation. <laughs> so she was... I used to sneak out. We had a study um, in our house and it was at the bottom. And I used to sneak out that window, go raving, go raving with my friends, go see my boyfriend and come back through that window, wow. close it and go to my bed. <laughs> to go no, to my bed. And I've never told my parents this, so I don't know if they know. And you absolutely never got caught. That's no. amazing. Because I used to leave the window, because it was back in the day, that window would open wide. So yeah. I used to leave it shut just a little bit. So I'll push in, come through, shut the shut the window. In there. When, you have kids, when you have kids, they're not going to be able to do anything. Because you're going to know. You're going to be like, you. look, I've done it. And got away with it. You are so never going to beat me. There'll be bars on the windows. Yeah, they will literally need bars and alarm. Literally, I yeah, literally, I was raving it up at my boyfriend's. Yeah, they don't wow. know. <laughs> well, they, well, do know. they do now. <laughs> they listen to this, and my mom listens to everything that I'm on. Sorry, I came out fire. <laughs> Auntie, Auntie Vanessa's mum is all right. <laughs> She's gonna redeem herself now. Have a drink, yeah. it's fine. Have yeah. a drink. You're, you're gonna redeem yourself because we want you to tell us something that makes one of the great things that you've done. Some of the great things that you've done that you're really proud of. Oh my gosh, I think I'm. I think I'm most proud of my business that I set up because of what we're doing. So I'm just really um, proud of when I hear stories about young girls who we've helped get jobs women that have been able to negotiate a really good salary or get jobs because of our coaching and, and, and our programs. So I think that's the thing that I'm really most proud of, just what I've been able to build and what I'm going to continue to build with my company. So I think that would be the most, my proudest moment, I'd say, or proudest thing. See, Auntie Vanessa's mum, she redeemed herself. Also, is there like a family saying that you have in your family that you really hold dear 
or a saying that you wholly reject that you're not gonna you're not gonna pass on to your kids yeah do you know what it is like my aunties used to say Vascana all the time which means girls like as in girls come into the kitchen sweep the kitchen floor girls uh-huh. you cook like basically like really not that they meant anything bad but because I think culturally aunties back in the day older generations of girls should be in the kitchen cooking mm-hmm. and so she would always call us like girls girls we'd always oh. be like oh my god I hate that saying so even when I hear the word Vascana I just feel like oh I hate it so oh. I think I wouldn't necessarily make my daughters do like typical household chores i'm gonna make sure that my son my sons know how to clean a house and cook and 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 all those things so i think i wouldn't keep that tradition yeah that's a good one yeah Mm. and now is the time where you can let us solve a problem for you so do you have (laughs) an issue we can help you solve or like a dilemma or anything like that or if not, we can give you some unsolicited auntie advice. But you know, yeah. who's at your your your? I do. I said at the beginning. What? Listen. Where can I find a man? Like literally, that's one. That is one personal issue I need help with. Because <laughs> I'm I'm ready to mate, but there's no mates. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's the one question we might not be able to give you the answer. No, I if you really want a man, you have to treat it like a job. Yes. So you have to okay. treat it like one of your projects, one of your businesses and yes. stuff. Really, really like put yourself out there and almost yes. do a bit of a project plan and say, these are the places I'm going to go. I'm going to go out X amount of times a week. I'm going to be, depending on how confident and forward you are, whether you're going to approach people or not, if you're not going to approach people, you have to look welcoming and and warm so people approach you don't go out into don't go out in groups more than three go out with women that look similar to you um, I think that you need to write a book singing from my hymn sheet at this moment I'm, I'm overly <laughs> surprised because I'm like I just the thing is she's always known all the women I know that are really focused yeah. and really serious they they yeah. really treat it like a job yeah. and they focus yeah. and they put time and they also put deadlines as well kind yeah. of thing they're like I want to meet someone in, like for a serious relationship in six months or nine months or 12 months do you know what I mean so it's just you you really have to focus. you can't literally be like oh yeah I really want to meet someone but not go out or not yeah. um you know obviously now we're in a digital world like not post on social not be commenting do you know what I mean you have to show up where where men are really and truly so that's yeah. places in real life and would you go online i'm so over online <laughs> i'm so over it there's too many men who are married on there as well i've had so many horror stories from my friends i'm like no nah, i don't want to chance it but uh, yeah i've just had a bad experience yeah. it, is, it is an energy before a matching service would you actually pay i did pay and yeah. literally it was such a waste of money <laughs> so i don't really know. yeah like i paid a lot and it was oh. just like, I didn't get any like really good potential matches. So I what, don't know, that's why I'm like, sorry. Was it, it a matchmaker? Was this, it was this app that was like designed okay. to act like a matchmaker and you spent like a lot of money on it. Mm-hmm. And they looked at like your profile and would send you like suggestions like every day. And it was just awful, like some of the suggestions. No, I, so. I'm, I'm thinking, I know somebody did that. I'm thinking more of a person, like actually going to somebody who has a proven track record 
is a really good matchmaker. I, I have a couple of friends who have had success that way. More friends have had success through Match.com. Yeah, probably, I think I'm on four friends now who have got married. But definitely everything Auntie Sade said, yeah. they went out. One, one of them, we actually did a whole show premise on getting married. It was called Yomo. And it was like the manifestation of I'm going to create a show that is about me journeying to get married and we did the pilot and through that it's like she carried on the dating thing maybe seven months after we did that pilot she met her now husband and she has a child but wow. she absolutely was so intentional that I am going to get married within two years and have a child and just put everything in place you set up your dating thing she would go on dates we would be there like the girls were there so that she's being safe Everybody was conspiring to her having this dream happen. And it happened quite quickly. I think there is a lot of, if you say it's going to happen, because that's what the universe does. So it's going to happen for you. It absolutely is. But please just put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you even said it, because I really think lots of women now don't actually say, I I, I actually want a mate. I want to have this guy. Loads of people hold from back from that so it doesn't take place so I know it's going to happen for you I give it two years at the most thank you auntie thank you there you go all right thank you so much thank you thank you thank you Vanessa that was wonderful should we get some comments are there any quick comments or we can move on to side matter okay we have gracious oh Farah can you do this one please because it's in an accent and you'll do it better than me wait which one Gracious greatness. Oh, oh, but Jamaican. <laughs> He's I'm Jamaican. Happy I'm going to do it in Grenadian because I can't do a Jamaican accent. Okay. Uh, you'll need to go for the, to the pressure. I can't do it. Oh my God, it's me. The pressure. <laughs> right. She's saying, oh, you need to go to the posh environment where the man frequent, like golf, proper hotel, Top establishment, <laughs> then places there is where you will find man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Noted.